Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggy.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun episode just the other day where Ryan and I came on for that playoff preview. Always good to talk about the NBA, the playoffs, and the Kings. And it was a really fun episode. And you can find that on the Believe Podcast Network or Wherever you get your podcast, bring in my coast today. As always, Ryan was good. What is going on, everybody? What is today? Eric? Tuesday. We are recording Tuesday. Uh, I always, you know, I always say this, but I like to give people a, a timetable when we're doing this. It's Tuesday, April eighteenth, and the Kings are two and zero in the fucking first round of the twenty twenty three NBA playoffs. So, um, you know, went to game one. And uh, sold game two tickets. Really just wanted to be in there for that first game, man. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more into it, but the atmosphere was electric. Couldn't even hear, uh, what's his name, uh, announce the starting lineups, dude. It was so freaking wild. The line to get in was crazy. Um, That was probably my greatest experience as a Sacramento Kings fan. Um, So just really, really... uh, thankful eric I'm, I'm really thankful that i was able to be there because uh there was probably five hundred thousand other people that wish that they could do it but uh i was one of the lucky eighteen thousand five hundred and some change so i'm ready to talk basketball man the playoffs are in full effect it's been an extremely entertaining week um you know i've been waking up really really early for work all week and and last week and stuff and um uh, it you know Typically not a big deal, but during the playoffs, man, those games be going late, dude. That Kings game went late last night, and there ain't no way I'm missing that. So, uh, you know, I've, I'm running like on three, four hours of sleep the last few days, but I wouldn't have it any other way, man. This is this is what we've been waiting for for 17 years. It's true, man. And I definitely want to get into arena talk just because I was in the game as well. I want to share our experiences there because why not? I do want to talk about the Kings. It's been a good series so far for us uh, and then a good playoffs overall. So obviously a lot to talk about. Before we get into it, Ryan, had a great betting week last week until I didn't. I ended up, uh, be, I was up several hundred dollars uh, going into Sunday's games. I did not think the Phoenix Suns would lose that game. My money line bet live because they were down all my winnings that I had from the week and it, I paid it all back. So that's how betting goes. But if you want to get in that fun, if you want to sweat a little bit in the playoffs, Bet Online is your source. So you can go to betaline.ag for all of your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, and they've got you covered for all of your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options, one of my favorites, and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. You have to check that one out. 
Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device to get into the action. Use that promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that 50% welcome bonus on the first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, nice to see pro basketball, Ryan, as the betting option. Live betting, my favorite. I talked about it. Did you, before I get you with that player, did you have a good betting week, first week of playoffs by chance? I did not. Uh, like you, I bet on Phoenix. Uh, what else did I? Oh, Milwaukee really screwed me game one with Giannis getting hurt and losing to Miami. Um, so it's been a, you know, I, I was on a real streak the first three and a half months to start the the year, uh, the the calendar year of 2023. But the last two weeks, man, I'm down a couple hundo. No bueno, but always I'm ready to make it back. And I got some bets going tonight. So looking forward to this week's betting. It's just so much easier having playoff basketball. It's so much fun. Uh, doing those live bets and then baseball season, um, you know, I stay betting those first five innings on uh, on the baseball game. So uh, you got to find I'm you got to find look, your favorites when you're betting. Look, that's for look, sure. Look, looking to get back on track, man. Nice. All right, your player this week. So we always break in the episode with a uh, game where we play where I give Ryan a random uh, player from our childhood based on their bio. Ryan has to guess. Last week, tough get for you, Ryan. Uh, it was remind me again. Do you remember? No, but I, I I didn't get it. Um, oh man, it's all right. We don't have to it's waste been a long, the time. Long week, yeah. I, yeah, I don't it'll remember. I'll, I'll, it'll hit me eventually. Well, this week's player based on their pile might be tough, man. I I like I said, I, I've we'll just go into it. Okay, Trent this Hassel be, last week. Trent Hassel, good get. Trent Hassel, you got it this week. That counts. All right. Uh, he's a French player, Ryan. He's six foot ten, two hundred fifty pounds. Was a center. All right, from Gonzaga. Drafted 2005, second round, 37th overall by the Los Angeles Lakers. You're going to know him from 06 to 08 for the Lakers, 08 to 10 from the Golden State Warriors, and then 10 to 11, New York Knicks, 11 to 12, Wizards, 12, Heat, 12 to 13, Clippers, 13, 14, Timberwolves, won the championship in 2012. Somebody guess that's with the Miami Heat. Uh... Career averages, they're not even that significant because they didn't even list them on there, but it's four points a game, three rebounds a game. So it's a role player, French big man. You're going to know him from the Warriors and Lakers. Who do you think it is? Oh, all right, what what year? Right, that was a lot of teams. All right, give me the teams again. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, okay, I'll give you real quick. Uh, 08 to, uh, 06 to 08 Lakers, 08 to 10 Warriors, 10 to 11 Knicks, 11 to 12 Wizards, 12 Miami Heat. 12 to 13 Clippers, 13, 14 Timberwolves. Really, if I if I thought of this player, I'm really going to think of him 06 to 10, where they split time between the Lakers and the Warriors as, as, as a uh, big man. Oh, man, this is rough. It's a rough one. I thought you'd get it with the French. Usually you do pretty good when I give you the foreign players. You're pretty good at it, but I, I might have the I might have to ease up on my game. No, uh, you know, it's just on a little cold streak. You know, it's bringing my average down to around 90% now. Um. I I'm I'm can't even give you a guess, man. I'm drawing a blank, dude. You'll know the player, Ryan. It's Ronnie yeah. Turioff. Ronnie Turioff. God damn it! I should have known that. that was he was, you know, you know, why Ronnie Turioff. He played with those shitty Lakers teams. I think like right at the tail end of the shitty Lakers teams with Kobe and stuff. And then he hell um, sucked. He did suck, <laughs> but I thought you'd get it because of the French thing. So hey, yeah. I might have to. I have to soften it. Give you start giving you all two thousands all stars well, to see let's, if you get it. Let's no. Let's be. <laughs> Let's be real though, man. You know what it is, dude. Uh, I should have gotten that 100%. No excuse. 
but I always like to give my my thought process when this happens. You said French player, and I was just thinking white guys, man. <laughs> I know. I wanted I wanted to be like, and he's black, but I should I have like, known. I should have known it was you know France got a lot of uh, black people over there, but I should have known it just. You think European players, man, and you start going towards white guys, and then Gonzaga threw me off. I, I can honestly say I had no idea Ronnie Turioff went to Gonzaga, so that was a good pull. Yeah, well, there we go, man. Okay, so let's talk about the real shit, which we we didn't spend much time to do in uh, Playoff Preview 1, Episode 1. I think a lot of that is we don't get the opportunity to talk about the NBA, and I know we were aiming to get an episode out before the playoff game, but just timing with you and me and then going to the game right we didn't we didn't get that out so here we are our our uh you know kings are up 2-0 as everyone knows if you're listening to this you obviously care about the kings so you know that shit we're not going to give you the breakdowns on that um uh, before i i we're i'm sure we're going to talk a lot about the series the play but let's start off with that uh playoff experience for you cuz you you talked about it, you talked about it a little bit um you i think you called what you call it electric and you said it was the best Kings experience you have. And I'm not going to lie, Ryan. You and I went to the College Football National Championship a couple of years ago. Uh, Tua versus Trevor Lawrence. Like We've been to some big, big things before in our time. You've been to multiple college uh, playoff, you know, playoff games, bowl games, basketball games. We've been to football games. I'm going to tell you this, and I don't mean to be hyperbolic, prisoner of the moment or biased. That was the best sports experience I've ever had in person in my life. And I can confidently say that. Do you feel the same way? Ah, it's a close second, man. It really is. I uh, I was actually thinking about this when I was sitting in my seats, man, watching the game. And it was really cool just because of how invested and how much we care about Sacramento. And also just, you know, 17 years of nothing. Um, but I I do. I, I, I don't know if anybody, any game will ever top this. Uh, you know, the, the Rose Bowl in 2009, Oregon versus Ohio State. You know, my boy's brother played on the Oregon team, started a middle backer for that team, stayed in the player hotel, met LaMichael James, Jeremiah Masoli, um, Chip Kelly, all, all those guys, man. And it was, uh, that was absolutely wild. Uh, it was Terrell Pryor's probably best game in college. So uh, that is number one, just because of the exposure, the expo- exposure, let me, let me see it here. Um, that I had and how close I was staying at the player hotel and all that. Um, but as a normal fan, yes, that, that game one was absolutely crazy. Uh, me and you got separated while entering the, entering the stadium. You know, we sat different places. Um, it's funny after we got separated, I'm just like, it was so wild. Okay. There were so many freaking people in front of gold one center. Um, I was just kind of lost in the moment, right? I was kind of, you know, I get a little overwhelmed in crowds. You know, I don't like being people bumping into me and stuff. So I was just trying to, you know, keep my composure and focus on the the, the task at hand of getting into the stadium. And I walked right by Brad Miller, like literally s- scraped elbows with him. And uh, shout out Gus, owner of Ziggy's. Uh, he was like, bro, you just walked by Brad Miller. And I had to like stop for a second, turn around, uh, you know, got the Snapchat out and, um, I was able to take advantage of it, but I was so focused and kind of just overwhelmed by everything that was going on, man. There was people chanting and it was just absolutely insane, man. I've I've never been to a basketball game that had that type of environment. So uh, it was really, really cool, man. And then um, obviously you're facing the defending champs who are only about 80 miles away, if that. Um, 
I expected more Warriors fans. You know, there was a lot. I, I came on here jokingly and making comments about people talking about season ticket holders selling their tickets and fair price and don't sell to Warriors fans. And I was fucking calling people communists and stuff. All those people can eat a dick. All right. Still, because let's be real in the stadium, it was about 97% Kings fans. I was trying to count uh, section 121. I have a good view of, of section 121. I was trying to count the amount of people in Warriors gear. It was literally like seven in the whole freaking section. So I was really happy about that. It kind of just validated everything I was thinking about the people bitching about not being in the stadium and the prices. Um, I know a lot of people sold their tickets. There's a lot of season ticket holders in my row, especially pretty much everyone is. And uh, more than half of them sold the tickets. So people were trying to take advantage of that price, but there was no way in hell I was going to miss that. And I'm glad I didn't. Best part of the night, though, Eric, really, as besides the outcome of the game, was uh, Slamson before the game coming out in white and then getting like lifted into the rafters. I was pretty hammered at this point. Okay. I was a couple beers deep, had a shot of Jameson already. And uh, I remember just like watching Slamson get pulled up into the very top of the rafters. And I was thinking, like, holy shit, they probably don't pay this guy enough to be getting lifted up like that. So uh, I remember just thinking, like, holy fuck, this is wild, dude. What if he was to fall? You know what I mean? So uh, that was really cool. The pregame, uh, the pregame announcements, even though you couldn't hear it, it was a spectacle, man. They put extra flamethrowers out there. Uh, the dancers, the shirts getting lit up in purple. It was really special, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I was there. It's something we'll definitely like talk about for a long time and uh you're right in that and the warriors thing so i was doing the same i counted i would say over over under like you know five and a half warriors fans in each section and so you know however many hundred people are in each section it was totally outnumbered and it, it makes sense because Kings fans just wanted to go that much. It's like if you're a Warriors fan and you're going to buy the ticket, they were cheaper to go to the Chase Center. So you might as well just go to the home game. Um, and so I'm really happy about that. I, I will the the pregame stuff they did on K Street was whack. You know, I, I'm trying to decide which was worse: the Arco Arena farewell or the pregame th area they had beforehand. But it made up with it. There was. You know, I don't know. It's how how do you count that many people? But I'll say tens, a few tens of thousands of people down K Street, blocking outside. We're there an hour and a half before. You couldn't move, and you're right. It was like a rally, and it was like you could hear the ground shake. Like every time it was like, you know, let's go Kings. You can feel the boom, 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 and that's pregame, dude. It was wild. And when you get in, everyone's just uh just super euphoric. You got that feeling. It was it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And it's it's like it almost you know you know at the end of the game when someone hits a if so if you're not there when someone hits a buzzer beater in a place just in that moment where everyone goes ah and freaks out it was like that an hour and a half before the game until after the game people were like that like going that hard which was so cool to be around and I was telling I've been telling some people this week about how only time I've ever been in crowds that big have been in like concerts. You know, where you, you can and, and, and one thing in concerts is, you know, we we went and saw System of a Down a couple of years ago, and that was probably the most uh, crowd, intense crowd experience I've ever had. And that's what happens, like the mood of the crowd, you can feel you can actually feel that. That's what they say about festivals and stuff like that. You can feel the mood in a weird way. But what was really interesting about that, Ryan, is that 
it was this euphoric kind of everyone like jubilation cheering and you didn't feel threatened you didn't feel like physically you know you're gonna get trampled like a concert it was just super uh, tons of energy and and you know we're the type of guys we we kind of like we we don't like the cheesy stuff and we make fun of it a lot and I, I'm not trying to be cheesy and describing that's really what it was and then the pregame and you're right you couldn't hear shit I could not hear the pregame announcements I literally could not hear them that's the first time I could not fucking hear them it was insane like they're announcing the players I couldn't fucking tell you I couldn't tell you you know what was going on standing room everywhere you know I I had I had standing room but I sat right behind you guys in the section I was on a pillar kind of lower level so I had very good view but it's cool you know everybody around you is just juiced like everyone's boys it was it was cool man so you, you know i think you said it uh, i've said it if you have the, the little bit of the little bit of scratch i know tickets have gone down if you can get out to game five you know like just get just get out there and get in i because it seems like game two we didn't go to but it seemed like the energy was the same and i imagine it's going to be there the whole way so go experience that just as a fan so that you can feel that 100 percent uh, hit me up if you need some tickets. I'm selling mine. I will not be a game five. The next game that I'm going to is, uh, you know, God forbid, uh, a game seven. So that is the next time that I'll be in the stadium. Um, I got my fix, man. I walked out of that place uh, pretty drunk, but just like headache, man. Like really just a just a headache from screaming, from standing, from the noise level. It was pretty insane, man. Um yeah, I, I just I, I don't see how anything can top that. I, I was thinking about this today on my drive home from work. I was like, I don't know how any environment can top that. Uh, the only thing I can think of would be like an NBA finals game that like that's it. Like I even think like a Western Conference final game can't top that first playoff game. First win in years, years it, for, for a, a poverty franchise. It's true, dude, because honestly, how could you be louder? You can't like. There's no way that you could be louder. There's no way. I don't. I, I can't see how you could be louder. There's that that people were going nuts, and um, you, you know, it just. I, I I was thinking about it. I was like, this is like Game Seven of of the NBA Finals. Like, it, it really was that type of atmosphere. You know, you see these NBA you see these NBA Finals games. Um, the championship games, um, where people, you know, they, they, everyone was wearing white, everyone had the white tube. Like, so they went all out, like you mentioned with, you know, hooking people up was, I just don't get how you could be, uh, more insane than that. Even if it was an NBA finals game, I think it would rival that. And that's what was cool about it. And I think people knew that. I think that's why game one was such the hot ticket, uh, because game two's ticket prices tanked quite a bit. And it reminded me of like we go to opening night typically every year and opening night tickets always are two to three X because everyone wants that first taste. And it was the same thing. But um, but I will say this, like I said, uh, game two looked like they brought the same energy, dude, because it seemed like all the people that went to game one got their got their fill. And then the people who went to game two were still itching. So they brought the juice. So I, I just don't know how it could be louder than that, I guess. Sorry, I had my I I I, mic'd, I uh, muted myself for a second. I I don't understand how it could be any louder, right? Like, I mean, you literally couldn't hear the fucking announcers. And I remember thinking about that when they were doing the announcements. You know what? What's his? What's the announcer's name? Is Scott Moak? Scott Moak. You know he does the. It's time for your starting five five whatever. 
it, like I couldn't hear it. He's up on the jumbotron, and it's just his lips are moving, and there's no sound. That place was bumping, man. So um, I'm looking forward to going back. I hope, hopefully, it's in the second round, and it's not a uh, uh, a game five or a game seven. Excuse me. Hopefully, Sacramento can take care of business before then, and uh, hopefully, the next time I'm in, it's a you know, it's looking. You know, if you get through this round, it's a, a second round against the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, that would be dope. So let's talk about this run because we didn't give the people a fair shake, uh, not a fair shake, but like, we didn't go too in depth with the Kings last episode. So let's talk about and let's talk about what our thoughts going into this series. And we're going to, I think, Ryan and I, we don't lie to you. You guys know that we don't lie to you. So we're going to be honest about what we thought going in. And then, Ryan, I think then we can just talk about the games. Like, Ryan and I both came on. We said, we said probably Warriors and six. And that was off the top of my head when I when I logged on on the air uh, last week. I looked on, and that was the uh, most probable outcome by betting was Warriors and six lowest payout. And so uh, there there was that. Uh, I think for me, Ryan, going into the series, it was obviously Golden State uh, hadn't been healthy all year, and Wiggins was coming back, so you expect him to be the most healthy that they've been in a long time. Um, and then really the Kings. People said it, and it's true. The Kings didn't they they didn't play great defense this year, uh, and they didn't defend the three point line. So the the veteran experience, the lack of defense, the you know all of that combined, it made sense. And and, and you know what? I, it's not that's not crazy. That wasn't a crazy thing. So uh, we, that's where we're being honest uh, about going into the series. Obviously, I think the take is is going to change because what happened on the court. And we can go into that, but going in, Ryan, I mean, what do you have to add that I didn't talk about or if you disagree with me going into the series? No, 100% agree. Everybody thought Vegas is always right. That's what me and you always say when it comes to betting. Um, You know, thought Warriors in six. And uh, I don't know, man. You know, I, me and you were talking about today and and it still doesn't feel like I, I just, for some reason, I think it's because of the 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 past but i still don't feel like sacramento's in control man i know everything's gone right they're up to i just don't feel it like there's just something in me it's like man i just don't feel like they're totally in control of this um so hopefully you know they can take care of business they always say okay there's this old saying if you guys watch nba basketball playoffs series doesn't start until a road team wins a game right and that's true man you're going back to Golden State, who is lights out at home. They are lights out in the Chase Center in San Francisco. There is no way in hell that they are going to shoot this bad. There's just no way in hell they're going to shoot this bad for a seven-game series. So I know that. I know how good they can be. I know the type of firepower that they can have. Sacramento, you know, their biggest thing is they look more athletic and they look like they're, uh, you know, just younger, fresher, um, you know, they they just they look like there's more energy on that side, but you just never know, man. It's the defending champions. Okay. It's the defending champions, and they have Steph Curry on their team. He's one of those players, you know, and I still feel this way about LeBron in year 20, 38 years old. Uh, I'm gonna be 39 later this year. I, I look at him and it's like they still have that guy on the team, right? There's still Superman on the other side of that that uh that that hardwood that can really just take over. So I'm expecting People aren't going to like to hear this, but I'm expecting Golden State to come out and take the two home games at their place. I'm expecting Game 5 to come back to Sacramento 
and be an absolute dogfight. So I really, you know, until I'm proven otherwise, man, as much as I love Sacramento, as much as I want them to, you know, 3-0, 4-0 and sweep the series, it's hard for me to really commit to that. So, you know, you've been kind of consistent on this. And so I want to, I, I think if people are listening, they would probably want to hear your your take. Because all throughout the season, it, at the end of the season, going into the playoffs, you were very, like, down on the Kings' ability to match up-wise against a, a lot of these teams, right? Uh, as I'll let you speak for yourself. Just clear it up real quick before I keep going. Yeah, I've I've always looked at Sacramento as a team that, um, you know, they have they have De'Aaron Fox, who's a fucking superstar. But you need that other you need that other score, right? You need you know Phoenix has uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. The Warriors have Steph Curry. They have Clay Thompson, who's fallen off the ledge just a little bit. I'm expecting a big game in Game Three, but. They have a guy like Jordan Poole off the bench. They have Andrew Wiggins, who's back now. There's a lot of firepower that comes with those teams, right? I didn't expect or I didn't really anticipate Sacramento's bench and really Malik Monk to uh, uh, play at the level that he has. That's where my whole take is being. We, you knew what you were going to get from Fox, right? I, I just really believe he's truly unguardable. You didn't know what you were going to get from the other guys. And, uh, you know, Malik Monk's really stepped up. I... I'll be honest, the the Keegan Murray, uh, let's let's be real, shit show that it's been the first two games of the playoffs. The guy's literally averaging one point per game in 16 minutes per game. I anticipated that. I anticipated the the Kevin Herter game one. Um, I thought DeMontis Sabonis would struggle in this series, and he struggled game one, but he tore it up in game two. Um, I just really had a hard time buying in on Sacramento. I still do, man, because at the end of the day, we don't have any Hall of Famers yet on our team, right? When you look across at these other rosters, Kevin Durant's a fucking Hall of Famer. Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis, Hall of Famer. LeBron James, Hall of Famer. Kawhi Leonard, Hall of Famer. Paul George, Hall of Famer. Nikola Jokic, Hall of Famer. Sacramento is probably the only team um, in the Western Conference that doesn't have a Hall of Famer on their roster at the moment. Memphis. Uh, I mean, you're going to sit here and tell me, you know, I, if I was a betting man, which I am, uh, you know, people love Ja Morant's, you know, somehow if that guy avoids injury, which he's already hurt, uh, you know, Hall of Famer trajectory. So, um, you know, I, I think the only other team, you could make an argument for Minnesota. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is a Hall of Famer, but, um, you know, I look at the I look at other teams and it's a superstar driven league and I see a lot of Hall of Famers in the Western Conference and I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Hall of Famers every day, man. Yeah, and you were consistent about that. And I was kind of more on the middle not not the complete other side i wasn't like gung-ho you know blinded by the king's success but one things i've been saying all season was that the way in the western conference the the kings the kings did establish themselves throughout a full season and that speaks for something and they didn't just establish they established themselves as the three seed and they got as high as the two pretty late so for me i kind of you know you kind of know where where that was at um, I think a lot of it was obviously like you're saying it's valid, and I agreed with you matchups and stuff. But I I had hope that they could win a, a playoff series, and a, and a lot of it I would say my take was because I think the Kings have a have a solid team 
but it was it I just always had that belief on De'Aaron Fox. And I mentioned that to you on there is like that that was the factor in that when you get late in games and playoff games, you need a guy who can take over a guy who can put out and in that first game 38 points it was a perfect representation of that and then it was yesterday's game in game two where he did a lot of the same taking guys off the dribble when you have that x factor who i believe you know you you said john morant and i get that that they've had earlier success i get the national media believes that but i've i've felt this way and i feel this way now i i think darren fox is right there with john morant on his level and so Maybe he hasn't proved it. Maybe other people don't believe it, but I felt that way. And that's why I thought that if they got into a series that they could win a playoff series. And so um, that w- I'm not just, you know, hind- doing a hindsight take here. That's something I said on the podcast, but I didn't I didn't think that Golden State was a good matchup for the Kings. I didn't. And, and I guess this is where I want to go into the conversation, Ryan, is that we always cited like playoff basketball is different. Right. The playoff basketball is different. And I think that credit to the Kings, they look like uh different they they look different, you know, and, and they they've they're doing some things that I didn't they there's a different gear here, you know. And I think that it's starting to look like uh that the Kings aren't a very good matchup for the Warriors. And I and I didn't think that they're just not a very good matchup for the Warriors. I think it's a t- it's tough. It's gonna be tough for the Warriors, and evidence is that they're down too well. But you're right, though, and people cannot get too ahead of themselves. I get people want to, Ryan. I, I, I get it um, because you're 2-0. You look good, but it is a seven-game series. I heard a stat uh, today that the uh, Milwaukee Bucks on their championship run got down two times in, in playoffs. It happens. It happens a lot. And so, um, like you said, it's not really you, just because you win two. It doesn't mean shit. You got to win four. So... I, I think that a lot of people believe and I, I that when they go back to um to San Francisco to play that two two is a likely a likely outcome. I mean if the Kings can snag one there though, I mean I'm gonna go with series done, dude. I'm gonna go with it. I am obviously three oh. I'm gonna go with it. I think you win three you win three times, like it's starting to show it's not a good matchup. Um so I, I think that it's it's tough. I get I get the unwillingness to want to go all in though. I I do understand. Eric, I just really want to applaud you on your courageous take that if the Kings win the next game that they're going to win the series going up 3-0. Well, I'm not I'm not, a, I'm not giving I'm not giving like a predictive a, take. I'm, I'm not just, giving a predictive take. I'm just saying that like you, you, I get you. They're like 2-0. Here's what I'm trying to think, right? They're 2-0 and I think if you say like you're hella hesitant which you where you are, people that listen are going to be are going to come out and say like, we'll just buy in. I think at three Oh, then, then you can really just like say, say that. Yeah, well, honestly, I'm saying at two Oh, you can't really say that right away. If they go three Oh and two of the remaining four games are in Sacramento, then yes, I will buy in, but real strong take Eric. I really like the courageous stepping out in the open and letting everybody see, you know, showing your cards, man. Thank you. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard, man. I just, I I look at I look at that roster man and you know too man Golden State can go off at any time dude I'm really expecting somebody on Golden State not named Steph Curry to go for like 40 uh the next game literally that's just how it feels eventually someone's got to get hot and hit shots 
One thing I do want to talk about, though, with Sacramento that's really impressed me uh, that I did not anticipate is the defensive end. Right? This just shows right here, right? The 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 play by Sacramento the last two games, that on the defensive end especially, just shows they are capable of playing defense and being a really good defensive team. Holding them back is the effort, right? Like I've always come on here and said defense is all effort. Um, they have, you know, people always talk about we need a defensive guy, blah, blah, blah. No, it, it's all effort. So they've shown the ability to play defense. And they keep it up, man. That's just what I worry about. Until, you know, I'm one of those people. You know, yeah, talk about it all you want. You can come on here and try to convince me. But until I see you do it, I'm not going to be a believer because history tells me that the Hall of Famers and the greatest, you know, players who are in the talk of the greatest position or the greatest players at their position of all time usually come out on top. That's what history says. It's true. The numbers don't lie. So until I get told differently, um, you know, I, I'm going to be hesitant. Now, does that mean that I think Sacramento is going to lose the series? No, I, I you know, I, I do think Sacramento is going to win the series. Now, I, I really do. Up 2-0, you need to win the series. I think they, they can. Um, but there's just a part of me that, you know, I lose a little sleep at night. Then I'm like, oh, man, can can we really go into San Francisco and pull one out? So we'll see, man. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. I cannot wait for game three. The the take that's coming out, uh, I've been listening. Well, obviously, this is the first time that I can remember that the Kings have been in national media talks. Every show I've turned on, whether it's Colin Cowherd, um, dude, anything. I mean, I'll just li- list it. They're talking Kings. ESPN, they're talking Kings. Nick Wright, talking Kings. Everybody's talking about the Kings. Um, I think that the Kings are a really fun story for the reasons of that they haven't been in it for so long. The fans are going ape shit. They're up 2-0 against the defending champs. And then and then this is kind of national media's first taste of the energy from the fan base and then the whole beam. So it's like it's kind of funny because the beam's been around for a while. It's kind of been our thing. We're aware of it. And it's like now I was at multiple shows, dude, like uh, first things first. Like I was watching some clips from there. Like they have their own little beam. So people are excited by it. So anyway, I've been listening to a lot of national media shows is my point just because I can. And a lot of the take that's coming out is I agree with, and, and that's something I didn't, we didn't mention before. And I didn't really think of a think of it as like a major factor for some reason, but it's the, it, and it's the obvious one. It's the, how athletic the Kings are. Uh, they have so many uh, just young guards uh, on the roster. They, they're kind of deep and they are just athletic in general. They're just very athletic. And um, it brings me back to like three years ago on Kings cast when, when uh, the Kings were rocking out there with Bielisa and Bogdanovich um, and, you know, random guys, I guess, in the roster fillers, Corey Joseph, you know, if I don't, I try not to remember all those, but one of the takes you and I were always saying was like, they're, dude, they're, there's just a bunch of non athletes on the court. And, and that's something that like, sometimes you just put, you just put the most athletic guys on the court and it does something. And that's, that's showing. And that's kind of been the most, uh, that's been the biggest X factor outside of, you know, just the, well, it kind of correlates, but the inability to guard De'Aaron Fox and honestly, the inability to guard Malik Monk, you, you and I talked uh, in the last day or two and you said it to me, Malik Monk looks like the most physically gifted person on the floor. I mean, the guy is blowing by people. He's rising up at the rim. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is taking anybody on the opposing roster off the dribble with ease. And then it, it like, he's been doing all season, no secret. 
You know, you, you get you give the guy some space. He pulls up mid range and he's fucking money from there. And then honestly, he's been shooting threes. He had like five threes in the first game. So, you know, all things are adding up, I, I guess. And so, I think naturally there's this hesitancy of like uh, waiting for the letdown. And I, I don't know. I don't know if the Kings are going to let down because to me, they're playing very consistent offensively like they have all season. I think it's going to be more of a rise up. I agree with you. We were talking earlier and I was like, dude, I'm waiting for that Jordan Poole 30 point game to match the scoring. I'm waiting for that to happen. That's yet to be seen. Like they, the Kings, you said it to me too. The Kings are kind of lucky that Andrew Wiggins legs aren't there because he had a lot of open shots in game one. They started him in game two, but you know, they don't have the boom, the boom potential either, but I'm waiting for that. Um, because I do think it's going to happen at some point, probably game three is going to be my guess. Yeah, I, I think it's their due. Okay. That's just the feeling that I have. History shows that that team is freaking due for an absolute monster of a game three coming back to San Francisco where they don't fucking lose. They just flat out, they do not lose at home. So that's what scares me. Think to yourselves, and I was telling you this today. 2-2. You know, both teams 2-2. They both won their home games. Then it becomes winning a best of three with the defending champions in possibly the second greatest point guard and the greatest shooter of all time. Does that sound like a situation that that you think Sacramento can win? And that's kind of where I'm coming from in this. I just really believe that Golden State has a hard time losing at home. Do I hope I'm wrong? Yes, please, 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 please be wrong, right? But at the end of the day, I mean, Steph Curry at home for two games, you know, I don't see a scenario where Sacramento is favored in those games. Um, One thing that does concern me about the last few nights in game one and game two is these games haven't been blowouts. With all, you know, we talked about the atmosphere there, uh, the home court advantage pretty, you know, pretty much what it boils down to. The games haven't been close. Steph Curry had a shot to tie it up at the end of regulation in game one. And the game really didn't get out of hand to the last minute and 30 last night. So that is, that kind of does make me nervous. Now, if Sacramento came out and would have absolutely beat the brakes off of them, I'd feel a little better, but the games have been close. Sacramento played extremely well last night. They shot the ball pretty well and it was a pretty close game. So, you know, if, if Golden State catches just a little bit of spark, maybe, you know, get a little bit of flame thrown out there. It's going to be a long, long two games in San Francisco. Something that's been a topic of conversation, which is hilarious, is that, man, I really don't like that in playoff games. Like people start using officiating as like a big talking point after games. I think it's generally lazy. There's only the only time you can ever really reference officiating is obviously that uh, that Kings series where they got screwed back in the day. Cause that was like legitimate, <laughs> you know, but uh, one thing I wanted to drop this stat on the podcast for people. Cause I heard it. So I wanted to share it. The, the warriors are actually running top three and fouls t- uh, team fouls committed uh, in the NBA this season. And so that, I mean the, the, it just, the, that's the numbers. People like to look at uh, advanced statistics all the time with players and stuff to make their points. So that, I think that's a good, that's a good thing, right? That's a good uh, stat right there. Like they're just they're a high foul team. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's athleticism, whatever. Maybe it's maybe it's like we're talking about. Maybe it's the Kings' ability to, you know, just just take them off off with the quickness, and you know, you fucking commit fouls. Maybe it's that Sabonis is 
down low and big. And really, they only have about one guy who one and a half guys with Looney and and Draymond who can kind of stick with it. I, I don't know what it is, but I think the whole fishing thing is kind of uh, I think it's kind of overwhelming. It's the playoffs. You, you, you know, there's been a lot of fouls both ways. I, I think that's a lazy take. I just wanted to drop the stats so I could share it with people. 100 uh, percent. You brought up Kevin Looney for the first time on the podcast. How fucking bad is is Golden State missing a true big man? Another big man who, you know, what big men do they have on the roster? You know, they like there was a point last night where Moses Moody was on the court, a 20 year old freaking guy who's barely played um, their lack of length after the starting lineup, their lack of big men. Um, that's alarming. Yeah, I, I would you know, I'm I'm really surprised that they didn't address that uh, at the all star break right before the deadline. And, you know, maybe even I, I think I was telling you the other night, like, why didn't they go get even like a Tristan Thompson? You know what I mean? Like just a big body to come in and eat minutes. Cause when, when Kevon Looney's not out there, they're really, really small. And it's starting to show, man, Sabonis ate them up in game two. And we all know the situation that happened with Draymond stepping on his ribs and all that. It just shows Sabonis is starting to get under their skin a little bit. He's physical. He's tough. And uh, Draymond got extremely frustrated. And uh, I, I'm just really surprised a franchise that's run, you know, ran as well as Golden State. They didn't address their needs. Well, they, they got by for so long on this small ball thing. And, and I'm glad to see that that's kind of becoming a bit of a downfall. Because you and I have always, even through that that time, we always we did an episode way back to, talking about how small balls fake. And without going too much, what we said is like only a few teams can pull it off. You have to have certain types of pieces. You have to have athletic perimeter wing players to be able to pull it off, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, when you look at them now, they're facing a a team that's more athletic than them that has a big man. And that's that you're right. That's showing. And and, and the lack of the uh, the guy down low, even back in the day, though, dude, they always had somebody, whether there was Andrew Bogut. Remember that year they had Zaza Pachulia and he was like hell high in the all-star voting? Like they always had, not that Zaza Pachulia was like an enforcer, but you know, you kind of, you do have to have somebody. And it shows too that Alex on the other side with the Kings, Alex Len, who didn't play, a, he had a, a lot of DMPs this season, did not play a lot, but he has been the number one guy off the bench, which is something I, I kind of thought that they would do. He's been the number one big guy off the bench. And, and he, yeah. he he plays his minutes. He gets his offensive rebounds. That's been a big factor in the series in the two games is the rebounding, the altering of shots at the rim. Like you have to have some of that in the playoffs. You just can't run out there with a bunch of little guys against a bunch of athletes, dude. Well, one thing in the past that Golden State done it, it did, and they always talked about, oh, it's small ball. Yeah, maybe those few years, dude. They ran out, you know, especially when Durant was there. They'd run out Draymond Green, who's six foot six. Uh, Kevin Durant, who's seven freaking foot. I don't want to hear anything about Durant being 6'10", 6'11". They're full seven foot. And then they'd roll out, um, you know, Clay Thompson, who's six foot seven. And then Steph Curry, six foot three. Iguodala, who's six foot seven, six foot eight. So people used to try to act like it's small ball just because those guys were listed as small forwards and power forwards. But dude, Kevin Durant, you know, you were rolling out there with four guys who were above six foot seven. Um, that's why, you know, that was a big emphasis. I remember me and you talking about that when we did that small balls fake uh, uh, episode, because you, if you take their average height, it's probably just as tall as any other normal lineup that they were rolling out there. So um, 
I think, you know, they kind of just lost sight of that. And they maybe it's it maybe it was a little arrogance. Maybe they thought they can get away with a a Kavon Looney, a Andrew Wiggins, a Draymond, and Clay and Steph. But the length, I think, for Sacramento has length and athleticism has really overwhelmed them. You know, Sacramento starts a lineup with a six foot ten Sabonis, a six foot nine, six foot ten Keegan Murray, a six foot eight Harrison Barnes. Uh, a six foot six Kevin Herter and a six foot three, six foot four Darren Fox. That's a long athletic lineup. And, uh, you know, and I, and, and we came on the podcast a couple weeks ago and, st- and said Sacramento still wasn't long enough. So um, their length is, is showing, man. It's really impressive that uh, they're being, you know, that their, their athleticism, their youth has, has really showed up against Golden State. Yeah. And then, and then obviously just to give the credit for the last night game, with Davion Mitchell, guys kind of up and down. Like you sometimes, you know, we we we've said it. We're not the only ones that are sports takes or says, but it's about matchups, right? And it just so happens that they have a guy who's, you know, the one the one thing he does really well is he's has great lateral quickness and he can stay on Steph Steph Curry. So it, it seems like they're just pressuring the Warriors, and particularly pressuring Steph Curry late in games. You can tell that he's worn out because they're just sending guys to, the, to him at the half court constantly. It's like a new fucking guy every time. It's like it's like in the video games where you have to take on the waves of people, like wave one, fucking defeat wave two. Wait, you know, it gets harder and harder. That's kind of what it's like. They're just sending dudes and sending dudes and sending dudes, and that's tough. The Kings have the Kings are built that way. For the for the Warriors over on the big man thing, you know, uh, this All Star, sorry, this trade deadline, Ryan. That was the big thing. Everyone was trying to get big men. That was the big target. And and they were of high value for a team that has, um, you know, some limited assets and has uh, overpaid, not overpaid, but they paid guys, not overpaid, but have paid guys. They they had, I think, really relied on some of those draft picks and stuff to uh, to kind of fill the role. And then with Wiseman not panning out and then, you know, just other players like that, not panning out or not there yet. I think it's starting to hurt him. You had said something both for the playoffs that we didn't bring on the podcast, but you were like, Hey, they should have went out and got Tristan Thompson or something, you know, because Tristan Thompson signed with the Lakers. 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 Yeah. That's a guy you, you had said Tristan Thompson, big body rebounder. Like you, you had pointed that out. So I think you kind of noticed that a little bit going in, whether you saw the take going this far, but I think you did kind of see that. And so, hey, you know, the thing is, is that we the, every team you can pick at their faults. We did with the Kings a ton. We I, I, One thing I think that we put out there, too, is that the Kings weren't aggressive enough at the deadline. And we, you know, it seems like other teams weren't either, you know. So uh, I, I, there's that. OK, looking ahead, I want to talk a little bit of basketball real quick with you, Ryan, before. before. OK, looking ahead, the two games are tough. I'm looking at game five being the pivotal one. I think that one's going to be crazy. That That's what scares me. You and I talked about it earlier, so I wanted to bring the podcast. You said, likely, high chances this to be a 2-2 series. The Game 5 one is scary because the Warriors know that that's going to be a that that's going to be such a pivotal game. Whether whether they go 1-1 one one back, and obviously it's going to be a more pivotal game then, but um, that that one's, that one's going to be scary. But no chance. You said it. I'll say it. No fucking chance that, they're, that the Warriors would win a Game 7 in Sacramento. People go too wild. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think Golden State would because just with the 2-0 lead, it's just a lot, man. It's a lot for them to come back and win four games. Um, well, it wouldn't be four games in a row, but um, it, it would it would just be emotionally a lot, and then to come back and try to win on the road, I, I think the atmosphere would be a little too crazy. Um, I, I, you know, 
at the end of the day, I think Sacramento um, can is is going to win this series, but it would just make me feel a lot better if they can just go and win game three or game four and really and really shut it down. Uh, yeah, man, I just I don't know. I guess we go around and around. I, I like that the Kings are being talked about. That's fun. I, I like that. The, I think it's just awesome. It's the most ideal situation. I don't, I, I don't, I don't even know what to make of it. I'm, I'm actually blown away, and I'm so honestly like, the show, Kingsland over the last couple of years, it's, it's always been very divisive. We've always said people are opposite takes. Like, I would love to be so, so wrong. I'll lose the money. I bet I don't even care. Like, I love to be so wrong, and I'm, and I'm, I'm loving that I'm wrong about how I saw the series going right away. I will say that. Yeah. Before we close, I just want to, I just want to say one thing. And I was thinking about this today as well when I was driving. How fucking weird would it be? Okay, how weird would it be if Sacramento comes out and shuts the door on Golden State's dynasty? Because I, you know, you're at a Golden State would be at a crossroads, man. If if they were, you know, there was a rumor about Clay Thompson expecting a super max deal and all that. How crazy would it be if Sacramento was the team of all teams in the NBA to be like, you know what? Close the fucking door on that dynasty. It's time for you guys to break up. Um, that's just a wild thought. That is something, and it's in the realm of possibilities. It really is. Today on April 18th, it's in the realm of possibilities with the current standings and the way things are folding out. Uh, that's just something weird to think about. After all the Golden State Warriors have been through in the last 10 years, if this, the lowly Sacramento Kings, the armpit of the NBA uh, forever, was to be the the team that really slammed the door and uh, it got me thinking to this too man you know that series against the Utah Jazz back in the day Utah was coming off of finals appearances in the 90s and you know if you really think about it Sacramento shut the fucking door on them too they were the they were the dynasty killers and uh you know not too long after Carl Malone ended up in a Lakers uniform and it all started with the loss to the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs yeah, that's wild, man. The fuck, and, and and if the Kings dog them in the first round, nonetheless, this is really so great because how many goddamn Warriors fans do you guys all like uh, live around? It's awesome, dude. Because growing up, the Warriors were terrible. They were like they were like the Kings. They were terrible. Worse. And I, 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 not a lot of friends I knew were touting the the Warriors back in the day. And obvious, for obvious reasons, okay, they, they're back on. They're big about it, but. It would be so sweet just to be able to be like you, motherfucker. You know, like it's it it is it, awesome. Okay, quick NBA talk, Ryan, because we talked about it last week. The series I want to point out: Lakers, Memphis. Me and you predicted Lakers win. We predicted that, and they they get the dub in the first game. John Morant might be hurt, might not play. I don't know, man. That one's going the way we like. The other one is you. You were super about the Suns. Uh, and obviously there, that's, there's a long way to go, but they're down right now at the half. We'll see the outcome of this game. They lost game one. So, uh, you know, th- there, there's that, I, I don't know the, the Eastern conference we talked about being top heavy. It kind of looks that way. Uh, you know, obviously the Miami heat ones in, in is a little bit sketchy, but Giannis gets hurt. I, I don't know. We'll see, but I don't know anything in the playoffs that stood out to you that you wanted to bring to the podcast after our predictions and talked last week. Phoenix, <laughs> just very adamant about how, I believe how good Phoenix was, especially with Paul George being out. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. It's 57-52 with a minute 40 left in the second quarter. 
Um, dude, Kawhi Leonard's been fucking dominant so far, dude. He he shut the door in Phoenix the other night, and he's got 14, 5, and 6 at the half, almost at the half um, against Phoenix. So uh, surprising, man. Russell Westbrook, for all the shit that Russell Westbrook gets uh, in his 3 for 19 shooting the other night, they don't win that game without Russ. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe I was wrong about that. Um, I think Sacramento matches up better against the Clippers than they do against Phoenix anyway. So, um, you know, that is one thing that has surprised me. I just look at Phoenix's roster and it's kind of just like, man, they're kind of, I, I look at it from top to bottom, like, man, that's an unbeatable, that's an unbeatable roster, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll be wrong again. The Western conference being so tight all season. I think in our preview, we kind of had a, we had a couple teams that we picked out, but man, the Western conference playoffs, they're already like with the King series starting the way it did with the Suns losing. Um, it's just the, the Lakers winning, which we expected, but a lot of people didn't, man, it's a wild, wild playoffs. It's been the, my, the most fun I've had in a week in basketball in years, you know, years, 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 man. So uh, I'm having a good time, dude. Uh, I can't wait for the next Kings game, Ryan, like everybody else. I, I just I just can't freaking wait. Last night was so fun to watch game two. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm really I was really looking and itching to come back on today. So I'm happy we were able to do that. So, hey, guys, uh, pr- we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Look, if you're trying to talk to other Kings fans, the best place to do so is on our Facebook group, Kingsland. Join that. Uh, Just hop on Facebook and join it. Uh, If you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It really does help us get out into the algorithm and to reach more Kings fans, so we appreciate that. Um, And if you ever want to check anything out by us, uh, you can always find us on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are, the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kangs. Kangs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.